Hi, and welcome to the Fab Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Fab Channer, and this is a space where we will be keeping it real, fresh, and so fabulous. I'm so glad that you're here, so let's dive in. Today, I'm bringing you another episode in a new series I am calling Unlearn to Learn. This series was birthed out of my two special episodes titled I Still Can't Breathe. If you haven't listened to those yet, they are available right now if you scroll on through. After recording those episodes, I was moved to continue to share more about my personal experience as a Black woman living in North America and to speak to my Black friends, family, and community members so they too can share their stories and educate others on the Black experience. Today, I am so happy to have my dear friend, Nikoi, join us. Welcome, Nikoi. Hi! Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Nikoi, would you do us the honor of telling us a little bit about your fabulous self? Oh my god, first I must say how incredibly proud of you I am for finally doing this. It's amazing (laughs) that you're having me on here and that you're on this amazing platform. Um, (laughs) Okay. Love, 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 love. Um, So Mm. my name is Nikoi Davis. I'm 29 years old. I am originally from the Caribbean. I I, I say the Caribbean Mm -hmm. because I was born in Jamaica and I grew up in St. Martin and Antigua before moving to Canada uh, six Mm. years ago this June. Next week, actually. Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I live and work in Toronto. Like I said, I work for Pride Toronto. I've been, I am a community worker, um, somewhat of an activist sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I try, I try. Um, and so I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. And then I met Nikoi through my sister because she would always, you know, go down to St. Martin and live her best celebrity life. And Nikoi was working at one of the beautiful hotels there. And she would always come home and be like, there's this fabulous guy, Nikoi. <laughs> and I became besties and I'm so happy. Yay! So yes, that's how I know Nikoi. So it's so wonderful to have you. And thank you for making time to be on the episode as well. Boo. Thank you for having me, Boo. <laughs> so yes. So as mentioned, I want to continue to share the realities of black people living in our society. And again, that's a society as we've already heard, plagued with white supremacy, whiteness, Mm. and the systems that keep this in place. I, again, this is not to as an attack. And when I say that, I'm like, I'm tired of saying that. I would hope that people would understand. But with this being a platform of education, Mm -hmm. you know, white supremacy, you know, if you're white, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're a white supremacist. It's just we're trying to explain what our experience has been and what the white supremacy, how it's been so deeply ingrained mm-hmm. into the systems that we live in, especially here in North America. Systemic but honestly, racism. it's it's yeah, exactly it's global. So, again, for me, it's holding space for us to have a very open and honest dialogue without, you know, feeling like and I know like with you, with myself. We were raised right by our mamas. Like yes. we were, we were raised to be respectful. Yes. But again, this is about having very op- open dialogue that will hopefully inspire people to think differently mm-hmm. and be part of the change towards equality, and not just because this is a trend right now, May twenty twenty. Exactly. So, exactly. Love. 
Yeah. So I guess I, the first question I have for you, my darling is what has been your experience as a black queer gentleman who's lived in both North America and the Caribbean? Oh my God. That is a very packed question. (laughs) I know. It's just like, which layer do you want to, yeah, you can pick whichever layer of that onion you want to get into. Where do I start? How do I, how do I, I know. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I it, it's funny because I growing up in growing up in the Caribbean, growing up in St. Martin, on a whole was very, 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 very interesting. I was always myself and always authentically myself, and being I coming out was never a thing that I I had to like do because I, I was always very femme and flamboyant, and I was myself and authentically mm-hmm. myself, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, I oftentimes, long before I even knew, had the vocabulary of the words and the language to describe who I was as a proud mm-hmm. queer gay man. It, it's mm-hmm. people would tell me, "I mean, you're gay," and I would always be like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cool, like so, whatever, right, right." <laughs> yeah, um, you're like, "All right." So it's funny because St. Martin is, you know, in the Caribbean, and it's not as open-minded as as as, as here in North America. But still mm. much more open-minded than other places like Jamaica, where I was born. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was able to be myself authentically there. I, I, I went to high school in St. Martin, had a bunch of, mm. you know, some of my closest friends today are still folks that I met in St. Martin. And um, working in, in hospitality and working in hotels in St. Martin, I was able to be myself mm-hmm. authentically. And I love that about mm-hmm. that experience. Um Mm-hmm. But moving here to North America, I find it's it's funny because I always say when I when I moved here, I was so happy to move to Canada and and move to Toronto and like get to mm-hmm. get to like be around other gay men and and queer people and um, mm-hmm. just to like be in a space where you're accepted and loved for who you are no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. I was like excited, but then I but then as you know. <laughs> We're in this really, <laughs> I, I giggle, I, I, I chuckle mm-hmm. because we're mm-hmm. in this incredible time where, you know, we're talking about racism and we're talking about um, systemic racism and it, it doesn't escape the gay community. Um, here in Toronto, Mm-mm. I mean, when, when I first moved here, I was like, oh my God, I'm here, I'm queer, I'm fabulous, amazing. And then you, yes, you are. I, I am, I still am, you know, thank you. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm just like, oh, yes, you are. But over time, <laughs> over time, you kind of, I've gotten to realize that I'm, I'm in, I, I'm, the, the, the systems of oppression that are in the community here are just so rampant. Like racism in the community is so rampant. When you talk about like on apps like Grindr and Scruff, like dating apps, mm. you have people who, white men, white gay men, who mm-hmm. um, label themselves or put on their profiles no fats, no femmes, no blacks, no Asians, and oh, things geez. like mask for mask. And when you and without understand, and then they like to say it's 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 my preference. You know what I mean? Like mm. as if it's not mm. sister systemic racism at its core. And mm-hmm. until we begin to understand and uproot racism and realize that that is racist, the things that you're doing are racist. Then we, mm-hmm. it's the point of me having a conversation with you is mute is moot you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i find it abhorrent until so at such a deeper level because when we think about the gay rights movement from the night from 1969 from the stonewall riots mm-hmm. the rights that we have today as a gay as a queer community um mm-hmm. would not have been won without queer queer people of color black yes trans women started this movement we're talking about people like marcia p Johnson, 
who was a phenomenal, who started off so much, right? You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, we go back and forth about the, 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 legitimate, the legitimacy of it all. But, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, these people of color, Black people, yep. started the queer mm-hmm. movement. Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, um, Stormy Delivery, people like that started the whole movement way back when. And now we're in a mm-hmm. time where gay people have gone, gotten these rights and we just forget that, you know, um, Black people did what we did like um, like mm-hmm. my the, my community were out here in these streets trying to fight for equal rights for all right and so it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult but you know um mm-hmm. i it's it's a day-to-day task and i i'm privileged enough to be working at pride toronto and and part of my you know part of my work is as community is doing community outreach and trying to like undo a lot of that that along along a lot of those um how do you say a lot of those, I don't, I don't even know how to say, just, just to undo those those patterns, those behaviors, and yeah. tackle mm-hmm. those issues, those systems of oppression. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. And biases. And biases, yeah. I'm grateful to, like, have this, uh, th- have that platform, you know, and to be able to, mm-hmm. like, reach people on such a level. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I've heard this before, and a lot of people will hear this and be like, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a reality, and you're not the first you know, black, queer, male, or female that I've heard this from. Mm-hmm. And this, the next question I have, you know, that I think of, um, it's a heavier question, mm. but it's a question I think should be asked because I have heard this. And this is not to take away anyone's voice. This is not to say, you know how people often say, it's just like who suffered more. Mm-hmm. This is not about that. This is literally, literally so that people understand. And I've heard, you know, when other gay white males say, I know what this feels like because I am gay, you know? So again, white gay males, Mm -hmm. what is your, and when they say, I know what this feels like. So in relation to the George Floyd's, the Breonna Taylor's, Mm -hmm. the Christian Cooper's, what is your response to that? Cause I've heard that a few different times. It's, it's incredibly offensive. Mm -hmm. My automatic response is I'm deeply upset by like whenever I hear people say that, whenever I hear, whenever I hear, whenever mm-hmm. I hear white gay men, like <laughs> compare the struggles of black people, like who mm-hmm. are, who are being murdered, mm-hmm. um, for the color of their skin and for being who they are because of systemic racism, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. deeply offensive. I think you know. I mm-hmm. think we as a community, you know, as and I have one word. I have one word for all that. It's intersectionality. As a black, mm-hmm. as a black queer man i walk to this world with both hats on but when i walk into a room mm-hmm. the first thing that people see is a black is black is a six foot five mm-hmm. i was about to say <laughs> with a commanding right? fabulous a commanding, fabulous six foot five commanding fabulous presence i walk mm-hmm. into a space all they see is black no they sometimes don't even see the fabulousness they just see black and, they, and they just see threats they just see threats because they are you know fabulous blind right. that's right. why they don't see it it's fine. exactly they they're just blind you know mm-hmm. they just they just mm-hmm. see they just automatically just and then when i speak they're just like oh well you're okay but i don't have to be so you know and then and that's sometimes that's sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes they're still mm-hmm. they're still threatened by by the black, just by my black, best by my blackness. You know what I mean? And that's oh, absolutely. And that's what you. I've seen mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it when you and I go out. Like people get like, and I hate. I don't hate to say it, but like when I 
saw George Floyd, like, again, he had a commanding mm-hmm, presence. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm just like, this man was attacked. Like, they wanted to show and put him in his place because this is a large black man. Yes. And it made me think of you in my, you know, week of bawling and weeks mm-hmm. of crying because you and I have other beautiful black men friends. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. like you said, conversely to what you're saying, it's like when you walk into a room, they see a black they- male with this commanding presence versus a white male, they'll see his white skin white before skin they see exactly. his sexual orientation. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's the root of the problem, you know? That's, and when, mm-hmm. can I talk about George Floyd for a bit? Because I, when I saw that video, I was deeply, mm. deeply disturbed. Like, I yeah. I had been seeing, I have, I. it's not like it's, it's the first time black people are seeing this going, like this kind of brute, mm-hmm. brutality, Appre- oppression, you yeah. know? But mm-hmm. it is, was, this was this was just, it was just on a level of like, just the, sh- it was, I just can't even. Inhumanity? It's, it's sure humanity at all, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I had to, it was a week of like, like being in a daze. It was a week of being in a daze and being on edge constantly. And going, to, I, mm-hmm. I, I thanked heaven for my therapist, for my black <laughs> therapist. Yes, Lord. On to go and talk to about the mm-hmm. issues and what I was experiencing, what I was feeling, and how to unpack it mm-hmm. all. But you know, mm-hmm. but you know, but you go back to um, and it turns out I'm doing I'm doing better now. But like um, mm-hmm. but you go back to the whole situation with white gay men comparing the struggles. It's just inappropriate. Like mm-hmm. it's just there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. There's no comparison. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like when I walk through when people look at me and they they're homophobic and the difference between when they look at me and they and they're racist. It's two different mm-hmm. feelings. It's two different. It's mm-hmm. it maybe within the same kind of like um, you know, insecurities and biases and. Ignor- Ignor- and, and, ignorance. and ignorance but like at the same mm-hmm. time and bigotry but at the same time it's very different racism is yeah way over way over 500 years of, of, of oppression of black people you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so for gay people to now for gay white gay men to compare the struggles is not there, there is no comparison none whatsoever mm-hmm. so take that shit mm. take it and Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> White gay men have co- have co-opted the have co-opted the, co- the diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. spaces. They have co-opted them. They've and that's why when we talk about I, it, in recent week, recent months, I've, I've I've learned that when we're talking about anti-oppression and we're talking about we're talking about diver- We don't. We, I've worked with people who are at the front lines as people of color working in anti-oppression and anti-oppressive communication and diversity and inclusion. And these people now use terms like anti-oppression and they use terms like anti-black racism mm-hmm. training you know what i mean we're not talking about we're not talking about diversity because mm-hmm. that's become a cat that's become absolutely a dni dni you know DNI. what i mean and so mm-hmm. right right and so we've the, the time for that is no mm-hmm. no more like you have to like unpack it's all about mm-hmm. anti-oppression and let me be very explicitly clear again I love a, mm-hmm. many, many people. This is not about a we versus them, but this is a real conversation mm-hmm. because too often I have seen this so much. Yes, mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus is part of a, a mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call it minority group, but it's part, of, I guess, minority group, right? But I find yeah, that corporation, yes. yeah, I, I find mm-hmm. that I struggle with the word minority sometimes, but that's for another episode. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that I find with corporations, they will be like, and again, sometimes it will be a token hire. Like I have hired the yes. white LGBTQ. So therefore, 
Mm -hmm. I've checked the list off for everyone within this minority group. Mm -hmm. And that's, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Exactly. So so it's just like, please hear me when I say this does not mean that I'm against any white LGBTQ plus. That's not what I'm saying. No. This is about if we're going to, again, move the needle. We've seen a lot of protests and statements of solidarity but if we're going to action mm-hmm. these changes, we need to continue to have the conversation and really look internally we need to. and be like, am I part of the problem or solution? Exactly. If you're going to hire a diversity and inclusion team, that team has to have someone to tackle anti-oppression, anti-oppression and mm-hmm. anti-black racism at its core mm-hmm. in the organization. You have to uproot systematic racism from the, from the top. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what I mean? When you're talking about we want to do the work and we're, we're committed to, a lot of these companies are talking about what we're, we're committed to change, we're committed to doing the work, but the, 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 the top of your company, the, the CEO, uh, the board of directors are all mm-hmm. white people. You know what I mean? Are all white people. It's, it's a problem. There are tons of black people out there with the skills and talent, mm-hmm. but just don't get the opportunity because they don't get, they, 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 after times their resume come across the table and it's like, Oh, the name sounds black. So you avoid that name. Absolutely. And you know what I mean? And people don't realize that. That people have biases. Mm-hmm. They walk into interviews and you, you you walk into interview and they look at you and they say, oh, I don't think they're qualified because they don't. They don't. Sound look, like they sound don't, they, or they look. They don't sound, mm-hmm. sound or look mm-hmm. that they fit the part. You know what I mean? They already have these implicit biases mm-hmm. in their heads of what black people are. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to hire you. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem. And again, it does... Because I've witnessed this with you being my friend and, you know, other people being my friend in the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. plus community, black, brown, white, Mm -hmm. purple, greens, yellow, fuchsia. You know, Mm -hmm. I've seen it, but I just felt that it would be very impactful to have, again, you speak to it rather than be like, oh, you don't know what it means like a straight black woman. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just one of those things where I've witnessed it. And I'm like, again, I feel when I hear and I've heard it so much like this week, I've heard defense and. I'm not racist. I'm going to the protest or I'm not racist. I am, you know, I am bisexual. So I understand, Mm -hmm. like I've heard a lot of that. So it's like, Oh my God, guys, can we just listen? So that's why I wanted to have you here to be like, this is real. Like I'm not making this up. No, no. And I I think I'm talking about the protest. A lot of the people who I'm seeing out there, chat on social media championing change and championing and saying saying i'm not racist and a lot of white people all those people are doing something that i've come to learn is what you call performative allyship Mm -hmm. you know they want you to tap them on the back pat them on the the back to say good work Mm -hmm. you're you know you're 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 really you're really trying to change change the system Mm -hmm. i don't want you to tell me Mm -hmm. (laughs) what you're doing to change Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to, to 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 you know, if you if you're really doing the mm-hmm. work to to unpack your privilege mm-hmm. and uproot systematic racism and anti-black racism, mm-hmm. you don't have to chart it to, from, from the top of the mm-hmm. hilltop. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You don't have to tell black people that you're doing mm-hmm. the work. Mm-hmm. And this, and when you're posting, on, yeah, no, the ahead. work has to. It's like anything else. I was saying, like when mm-hmm. Me Too, when that movement started, I wonder how yes. many companies have actually implemented practices around inclusive you know, inclusive practices around women. Like, women. you know, mm-hmm. that was so hot and sexy during the Oscars. Everyone were black. Yeah. And again, I worry mm-hmm. as a black woman, I'm not going to lie. Do I appreciate the people that are going to protest? Yes. They're like me being in Edmonton, yes. seeing 15,000 people show up at a protest in Edmonton, which is like, 
as we saw, Edmonton has an issue. Mm-hmm. Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, the prairies have, you know, known historic issues and presence of the Klan and other white supremacist mm-hmm. ideologies and groups. Systemic racism. And so when I see 15,000 people, that definitely, it, it brings a tear to my eye. It's predominantly black people marching. You're now seeing blacks and whites. However, where I get nervous, in three months when this is no longer the hashtag du jour, and if we still want, mm-hmm. if we want to have a peaceful rally and 15 people show up, that's very damaging. Like, to your point, it is. you know, the performative allyship, I get a lot of times for people, I want people to really think about why are you doing this? Are you doing this to appease white guilt? Are you doing this so you can brag about it? Are you doing this because you want to learn? Because some people are literally going to these protests to learn, to hear from the speakers to learn. and then actioning change. Mm-hmm. But I can't answer that question right. for them. And that's why time will literally tell. Be- tell. Time will tell. Time will and tell. that's where I get a little nervous. I'm not going to lie because we have been here before. As you said, George Floyd is not the first one. And exactly. nothing's been done. And I feel like exactly. we have a huge opportunity right now. The world feels like it has react. Like when I see the solidarity, the protests globally, it is incredible. Mm-hmm. But I, and so we have this opportunity, but I, action, right? Words and action. Yeah, Words action, and action. action, action. And I want white people to know that we appreciate you coming out to protest mm-hmm. and to support black to support Black Lives Matter in the Black community. But what I have issues sometimes with is when Black people, white mm. folks come to these protests mm. and they have the audacity to start leading chants mm. and taking up space where they don't need to take up mm. space. You know, you can, mm. there's rules. There's a rule book of how you, mm-hmm. how you act when you go to a protest that's led by Black mm-hmm. people. You can echo the chants, mm-hmm. but by God, you cannot be up front leading mm. the movement because mm-hmm. that is not your plan. Haven't we been silenced long enough? exactly have we not been silent enough and again you know it's, it's... those are the discussions the fact that i'm having this conversation right now like the five mm-hmm. six seven eight nine ten year old girl in me is like what is happening because it's not like i haven't yeah. thought about it for almost all of my life it's just i couldn't say mm-hmm. because it would be met with yeah you're being abrasive you're you i feel attacked i feel verbally attacked. right i feel attacked. don't you appreciate mm-hmm. what i'm doing for you and i'm like oh god so like Again, yeah. people understand who I am. If they don't, please take the time to. And if you don't want to, then cool. See you later. That's your, that's your exactly right. And I would, yeah. And I would say, you know, for folks who are for white folks who are listening, and they want to really, really unpack their privilege and do mm. the work. My the best resource I can say to them is a is a an author called a- Leila F. Saad. Mm-hmm. You can follow her on Instagram. She has a book called Me and White Supremacy. Mm-hmm. Which I've had to, I've had mm. to get laid into people and be like, if you want to unpack your privilege and learn what you, how the things that you do, mm-hmm. how oppressive they are, and learn how to communicate in an anti-oppressive mm-hmm. manner. This is the way. This is the book that you need to mm-hmm. read, and it's a book that teach. It's not a book that you read. It's a book that you mm-hmm. do. She says it's a book that you do. It's the book you have to do the work to unpack your privilege, mm-hmm. and, and and really, 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 really undo the system of, of uh, system, system mm-hmm. racism.
So again, I'm going to ask the question around mental health because you and I have had discussions and of course only uh-huh. share oh what you're God. comfortable with, my boo. <laughs> but from a of mental, course, and you've course. touched on it a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. how has this affected your mental health? So again, seeing that as a black person, the, I would say it's inevitable that triggers will arise. Um, so yeah, again, yeah. how does that affect your mental health? Because of course our mental health affects every aspect of our lives. Yes, yeah. it does. I mean, I you we have to understand that um, racism mm. and oppression mm. are, 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 they affect people's mm-hmm. mental health, you know? There's direct correlation between racism and life expectancy and, like, mm-hmm. mental health. Like, now they're doing research and research, research and papers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And... But for me, my own personal growth journey, sorry, personal journey on with my mental health with in terms of what is what mm-hmm. is going on has been tough. It's mm-hmm. been tough. I've been I've been spending the last year and a half, a year or so, year and a half or so, doing a lot of work on my own mm-hmm. mental health. It's been it's mm-hmm. been tough. It's been tough. I went through deep depression in the past year mm-hmm. and a half and de- and anxiety and depression and I went through um and now I'm currently diagnosed with sleep apnea, which is another part which adds to the issues mm. and stuff like that. And I've had to, I've had to have my own journey of going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes in our community, therapy is seen in black communities, black Western communities, and black communities as a whole, we see therapy as something for white people, which is mm. so it's so de- <laughs> that itself is systemic mm. racism at its finest because we have been programmed to think mm-hmm. that we cannot ask for help. You know what I mean, and that, and that, that we're strong enough to take exactly. it exactly. And I've, I've I thought I run into mm-hmm. conversations I've been having with friends is around how as a, as a community we've been taught that we must be that community that overcomes. We're trained to think that we have to overcome mm-hmm. poverty and 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 re- resilience Resilient. is what is what makes us a com- with what makes up bl- the black community, and that should not be the case. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It should not be the mm-hmm. case. Like we, why are mm-hmm. we taught that we have to be constantly be under be oppressed like oppression oppression is what mm-hmm. makes us great is what gives us our greatness as a black community yeah. and that is a troubling notion oh, and geez. so i struggled yes. to go to therapy i remember my i remember my um i went to the doctor my family doctor and i was like i'm going through i'm having i'm not sleeping well i'm going through i'm having i'm very anxious and i'm depressed and and i'm having issues and my doctor was like mm-hmm. well i don't think i'm going to we need to put you on medication. I think we need to go to therapy first. And I'm thankful for that. And he literally mm-hmm. walked me across the hall to the therapist's office and said, let's, let's get you, let's get you signed up for therapy, you know? And mm-hmm. I, it took me, it took mm-hmm. me weeks, months, and it took me dubbing back mm. and then doing it. Finally, finally getting the courage to like tackle the issues that I was going through mm-hmm. And like going in and like getting mm-hmm. getting a therapist. I went back to my doctor, family doctor again, and he was like, "Well, we're gonna walk back over there again." And we went, <laughs> we went back. Right, we went practice back over there makes and I perfect. Went, I looked through the brochure and I spoke to the people at the front desk, and I, I, I found the. Um, I was like, I'm gonna find somebody who's black. It's a ther- the therapy office is in a place where it's for queer people. It's in a queer clinic, and so the therapist mm-hmm. there are very versed in dealing with people who have very issues, the queer community as a whole. And so I found a therapist mm. who was black because I was like, I don't have the time to to teach a white therapist about the nuances of mm. the black experience. 
I just I just don't have the emotional mm-hmm. capability <laughs> while I'm trying mm-hmm. to like unpack mm-hmm. all the struggles that I'm going through to like bring you up to speed mm-hmm. on <laughs> issues surrounding the black community. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the a black therapist was very important for me. And so I, I, I'm I'm thankful I have one and I've yeah. been able to do that. But in this time of this mm-hmm. all this the Black Lives Matter movement is happening now and with George Floyd. Um mm-hmm. Fast forward, mm. where I'm, I've been doing the work and I've been doing well in therapy and I've, I've been um, doing better. It's this has triggered me in such a mm. way, you know. It's triggered, me, it's brought me back to where I was. Yeah. I, I struggle, you know. I struggle, and mm. I remember going to therapy and I still wasn't getting better a couple of months ago. A couple, like I, maybe it was like three, four months ago, and I was like, in my doctor, I was like, I've been in therapy for like three, four months now. I'm doing a lot better, and I'm able to like unpack and like talk about the issues and communicate how I'm feeling mm. and like. You know, we're t- my therapist and I were talking, but I don't feel like I'm getting better. And so um, yeah. I was put on antidepressants because I was that depressed. And I've been on antidepressants and I've yeah. been feeling better. And But like I was saying, the things around George Floyd triggered me in such a way where I had Trigger. to go to my therapist. Yeah. And like, I need an session this week. I need to talk about these issues. And thankfully, I had that black yeah. therapist to talk to. Yeah. And you, you touched... On, I won't mm-hmm. go too deep into it because I want to ask you something else before mm-hmm. we wrap up. But, you know, when you touched on, you know, being raised in the black community and, you know, some of the white listeners, this might be the first time they mm-hmm. hear that where it's just like you're kind of taught, you know, you don't need a therapist between being raised in the black community and by baby boomers. I know for me, it's just mm-hmm. like you're strong enough. We, uh, we overcome. And yes, are Black people and people of color incredibly resilient because of the deep oppression and, you know, brutal mm-hmm. murders, all of the oppressions that have been done to our people? Absolutely. But that... It's I called, feel like it's called now, generational trauma, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now, slowly but surely, more and more Black people are feeling more comfortable to seek out therapists without feeling that judgment because again there is a level i said this in previous episodes there's this level of hope hopelessness when you see things occur Mm -hmm. like the george floyds because for me i see that and i know that unfortunately he represents one of many and even though the entire world saw that it still took that long for a conviction and people literally if I hear one more time, well, he had a criminal oh. record. When people are saying mm. that, I want people to understand you are literally in, in your privilege. You are making a decision whether a human it's... being should live or die. And I would ask them this. If you had, because I know we are, none of us are perfect. So if someone has a criminal record, that means that they deserve to have a knee be, on the neck? Be, to be and murdered. And die like a dog? On, and again, with his right. hands cuffed. With people, like... A this, man literally yeah. is like, I'm going to show you yeah. your place. I'm, I'm going like, to be your judge, so, jury, and executioner in the same. In, 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 in under eight, because under because I can. Minutes. Because my the mm-hmm. country that we live in and the systems that perpetuate uh, racism exactly. tell me that I can. And I know I'll get away with it. And again, we're not born racist. We are no. not born like this. But the same way ha- how as Black people were, you know, 
black parents have to have very difficult conversations. I'm sure your yeah. mom have the conversation with you. Very yes. difficult conversations that a white person would never have with their children. And Chandler mentioned this in our episode. You know, it's a newer t- term, adult um, adultification with mm-hmm. black women. And it's seen with yes. black boys as well to the point where society tells us that, again, we develop earlier, mm-hmm. we can handle things, you know, because we're big and mm-hmm. we are mature enough. And it's the same reason why black girls and boys are tried as adults. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all part of the cycle that leads to that statement you said, you know, mental health, you know, or therapists are not we for us because exact- we can handle it. But that's also what breaks... That's what breaks us. You know what I mean? When when we have nowhere to turn, that's what leads you to a deep, dark exactly. hole of hopelessness. And you don't feel like you have it anything else to live for. issues of addiction and, 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 and codependency, mm-hmm. all these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it's a perpetuating cycle. So that's why I want to have these discussions. Because people need to understand how deep this goes. And the mm-hmm. participation. And if you can learn it then you can unlearn it and relearn. Again, that's why I called this series yes. Unlearn to Learn because there's a lot of oh my God. that needs to happen and relearning yeah. that I've needs had to, to happen, I've had right? to unlearn a lot. And, I've had to unlearn a lot. Oh, God, like, yeah. You know? Uh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> honey. <sighs> Before mm-hmm. we wrap up, my, I guess my last question would be, so... In your opinion, what happens now? Like, what do you think needs to be done to continue this process of unlearning so that we can actually see the change when it comes to anti-Black racism in the country and beyond? And I guess specifically for you, like, how can people in the LGBTQ plus community support Black, you know, LGBTQ plus community members? I think what we need now is we need, we need, we need sustained and long-term growth. Like we need, we started this amazing mm-hmm. movement, and I'm incredibly proud. I think whenever I go out on the street nowadays mm-hmm. and I see fellow Black folks, I say folks because you know there's mm-hmm. folk, there's um our community mm-hmm. is very varied, and so I whenever I see Black folks, mm-hmm. whenever I it's we always like I, I today I went for a walk and I ran into a couple of Black folks along the way, and it was you know this this the smiles of solidarity that you see in the streets, you know, because we're mm-hmm. proud of where mm-hmm. we are at in this time. But we also need to make sure mm-hmm. that we're 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 also keeping also keeping we also when we're we're keeping the fight going and we're making sure we're getting long term yeah. and sustainable sustainable change. Um, and so yeah. we're talking about policy change from the top down. The government mm. needs to understand that they prop, they they promote um, and and they promote and um, how do you say they influence influence. You know, Systemic mm-hmm. racism constantly, and they need to like. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's institutionalized racism. Um, a mm-hmm. con- and they need to like undo mm-hmm. that. You know, like they need to like contribute, mm-hmm. contribute to, to the process of undoing it because they've they've held it up for so many years. And so we need to we need to be asking mm-hmm. for a policy change from the top down. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's Absolutely. Justin Trudeau. It's in here in Ontario. It's um Doug Ford. It's in the city of Toronto. It's mm-hmm. it's Mayor John Tory. It's it's write to your city councils, your your members of parliament. Tell mm-hmm. them you want change. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And for the for mm-hmm. the gay community on a mm-hmm. whole, for the LGBTQ community, I, you know, excuse me. Oh dear. <laughs> I love you. Oh, I love you so much. Um, for the so LGBTQ good. plus community, I think. I've had a lot of friends reach out to me in the past couple of weeks with, 
you know, mm-hmm. with, with with some of them in genu- out of genuine, you know, genuine um, concern, concern, and they want they want mm-hmm. to help, and I, I I appreciate that. But it's incredibly difficult for mm-hmm. me to like respond to all these people asking me how how are you doing in this time. I I, yeah. I appreciate it. I don't have the time to hold your hand and explain and 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 not that you realize that systemic racism is an issue because they oftentimes in these conversations mm. I realize that people are saying to me oh I, I knew that racism and racist existed because you know I've seen people call mm-hmm. people the n-word or you know and oh, the bigger yeah. and or something, or something derogatory, derogatory yeah. seen this, seen that, but I didn't understand that it was a bigger issue from that institutional institutionalized racism existed and systemic racism was a big as big as it is I'm like okay mm-hmm. and now that they're now that they're seeing mm. it they're also they're struggling because they don't know how to like how to how to deal with the fact that they themselves are racist in their behaviors and the things <laughs> that they have done in the past mm-hmm. are are continually doing. Mm-hmm. And so they don't know how to how to and you're looking at they're looking to their POC and black friends, more precisely, mm-hmm. to say to mm-hmm. them, Oh, you're not racist, you're my friend, so you're not racist. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna coddle you. I'm gonna tell you point blank, period. Mm-hmm. You have helped and you have mm-hmm. contributed to the issues at hand. And you are, the things you do are racist. You may not be racist, but the things that you do and the, mm-hmm. the systems that are in place that you currently benefit from are racist systems that need to be dismantled. And so if mm-hmm. you really want to support the Black community and support the black L- your Black LGBTQ plus community members, you need to support mm-hmm. Black Liberation Funds, you need to go out there, you need to do the work, you need to read up, you need to buy from Black authors and read up on mm. white supremacy and read up on racism and whiteness whiteness. And, racism and understand, you need to understand mm. the, the difference between whiteness and white people, because a lot of people don't understand what whiteness is. They mm. just hear whiteness and they think, oh, you're calling me, you're, you're calling me a derogatory word. No, understand what it is. It, and and so, Exactly. Exactly, and support the community. You know, mm. show up for us. Show up for us, and 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 help help mm-hmm. in any way you can. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that is the. I read my friend's things like allyship is an invitation. Exactly, and I'm like, girl, and she's like, read that again because that's what. And people have said, I'm an ally. I'm an ally. Exactly. Okay, so you've done this so that you can say you're an ally. Great, keep it moving. Exactly. And silence. People need to understand that silence is violence. You know. Silence and silence is, is not golden, honey. Silence is not. It's violence. Mm-hmm. It's plain out, simple. You're sitting there not saying anything, and you're you're you have a thousand followers. How many followers you have? I don't care. Say something. Mm-hmm. Silence. Say is, something. And again, that's also the privilege. It's just like I don't have time to deal with this. I don't have time oh, that's to deal nice. with this. I don't have yeah, that luxury. Nice. Never it's, have. It's, never have you know we live this day in day, day out, out you know mm-hmm. um no i'm not no mm-hmm. we don't have time for it you know mm-hmm. absolutely and understand that whiteness is not white people mm-hmm. get it get it in your thick head <laughs> <laughs> oh i love you so much Jacoy. Oh, I, I, so I love it this was so amazing thank you again I, i'm always on these me. episodes i'm like i want i want to just keep on talking um, I know. But it doesn't mean that this is the only time you're going to be on here. So thank you for coming to share some of your experiences, Nikoi, and t- and talking through some of the layers. I know we haven't gotten to every layer, um, but I definitely encourage anyone that has questions for either myself or Nikoi, because I'll mm-hmm. definitely have you back um, mm-hmm. to submit those via voice message. Or if you're more of a social media person, 
you can submit them mm-hmm. via DM on our social media. So I am at the Fab Collective or at Fab Channer. Nikoi, would you like to share your social media? Oh, my social media is so easy. It's mm-hmm. at Nikoi Davis. Oh, so easy. And that's <laughs> on Instagram. You know, yeah? On Instagram. On Instagram. Yes, on Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. I would like, you know, I would like to leave your listeners with one question. Yes. You know, you yes. Know, it's, and it's from Layla Efsad, who I've talked about on today's podcast, because I love this woman. She's so radical. She's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how often have you made your willingness to engage in anti-racism work conditional on people using the right tone with you? Mm. That is the question. Mm. Think about it. Think about it. You know? Mm-hmm. There's That's there's it. nothing more for me to say. That's it. <laughs> Honestly, we have dropped the mic there. So, you know what? We're done here. And <laughs> yes. like, I have nothing else to say other than like or share this podcast wherever you tune yes. in. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Nikoi. Thank dropping you, that, Dropping that mic for all of us here. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. See you later, everyone. All right. Bye. See you soon. Bye.